My name is Erin Kenny. I am a registered dietitian, holistic cannabis practitioner, and master of nutrition science. Welcome to my podcast, Nutrition Rewired, where I share cutting-edge, practical advice to improve your health and debunk myths to help you rewire the way you think about nutrition and wellness. By listening to this podcast, you agree not to use this podcast as medical advice to treat any medical condition in either yourself or others, including but not limited to patients that you are treating. Consult your own physician for any medical issues that you may be having. Well, this topic has never been discussed on my podcast before. And I mean, as you know, it's an incredibly important one, but it's not an area that I am an expert in. And it's an area where people struggle. And I think people struggle and don't receive care um, when it comes to Lyme disease. I think I'm I'm excited to learn from you today because there's a lot I don't know. And mm-hmm. you and I had talked offline, but my mom has recently been diagnosed with Lyme disease and I think this is a diagnosis that she's actually been dealing with for, you know, 20 plus years. She's had all these wild autoimmune flare-ups that I really do believe and a doctor had said down the road that yeah, we think this is Lyme and and all the in between doesn't matter. Her story is her story, but I've got tons of clients who have have had Lyme disease. I'm sure someone listening here might know somebody who's been impacted by Lyme disease. It- it is. It's tough because in, in anybody, everybody that's listening out there, um, please, I don't want to overspeak about a story, but I like stories to like tell individuals about like the way you sympathize and empathize with individuals who've had Lyme disease. I had Lyme disease and I still um, work on my body to make sure that that infections, whether they're hiding or not, or if there's anything hidden, doesn't come up and affect me. Quickly though, and I sympathize with your mom too, because it when you see the symptomatology of Lyme disease, and we're going to go over that. Can I go over some basics? And I will not Please. take too much of your time. Um, when I was younger, um, I had really bad problems with yeast because my mother's genetics, the way she was raised, she had fungal infections in the gut. So I was already had predisposed to fungus and yeast and mold and candida. Now, I fed that with too much sugar. We, I, I laugh because we all ate fudge rounds and star crunches and little Debbies, and I drank Coca-Cola like it was literally water. I don't know how I lived. I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. And anybody out there listening, you know what I'm talking about. So um, when I was uh, around 13 to 14 years old, um, I had a puppy that got lost, probably got lost in the woods. I thought he was lost. He was not. I went down the woods, came back out. I went through a nest of ticks. I got back to the house. There was about 60 ticks on my legs. About I counted them because I was like a nerd like that, but there was 30 of them attached. Didn't think anything about it. Put um, this ointment on my legs. My dad was like into herbs and stuff like that, but I started putting that on my legs. After that, I noticed I was very fast. As a fast runner, I was very quick, and I started to get slower. I couldn't jump as high, play a lot of basketball. I started having night terrors. I started hearing screams in my ears like at night. I started having these drubbling sound in my ear like I was losing my hearing. I started having my heart beat really hard. I started having feelings in my legs like things were crawling up and down my legs. Literally, when I was about 14, I started feeling I couldn't go to sleep. I had insomnia. I was just praying to the Lord. I was like, why is this stop? I don't know what's going on. And so I just drummed it up to just saying, well, it's just something that's going to pass. And started having really bad digestive issues. After that, I would have a seasonal stomach issue 
where I had the worst cramps in my stomach and I did not know where it was at. And my dad and my mom did everything they could in their own way, but they didn't know herbal medicine like we, you know, like I study it now. Fast forward. So I'm in practice uh, around 31, 32 years of age and um, around 31. And uh, doc, I'm like working on a patient and I am doing this one maneuver on their neck and I'm just sort of twisting my arm and this numbness feeling goes up my arm like completely numb, goes up into my neck, and I almost pass out right on top of the patient. So I thought, well, I'm maybe having a stroke or a heart attack. You know, you know, it's at me technical. I was like, well, it may be happening. And so a friend of mine who was a nurse was outside in the waiting room. She goes, you don't look too good. So like, I'm, and I try to be, I'm fine. I go to the, the bathroom. My face is really gray. One of my friends, Dr. Alan Lindsley, if you guys don't know, if if you want to research a lot of Lyme, he's like the, he's like, bare bones, Dr. Alan Lindsley. And I would suggest, Doc, that you have him on your podcast because he is so much more, he's articulate and he knows Lyme. He treats over, he gets about 500, 600 new patients of Lyme disease patients in Wisconsin because it's just rampant up there really badly. He saw me and you see how passionate I get about it. I'm just, I'm not trying to get too overwhelmed, but I was so sick. I remember going to a seminar, you know, Doc, when you go there, you go, seminar, I'm going to get 10% of what I learned I'm just going to listen to. But I was so tired. I was like, I don't care what is going on right now. He said, this is not adrenal fatigue. There's something deep, deeper. I go up to his office. He examines me. He goes, you got really bad Babesi and Bartonella. My mind goes back when I was younger. And this is the crazy thing. I remember when I used to go to gym class. Seriously, guys, I took off my shirt to go change into my shirt and shorts for PE. My friends thought I was getting beat because I would have these big, wide stretch marks on my back. And I, I amount, I just drummed it up to being uh, growing pains, but Bartonella gives you stretch marks because it damages the collagen in your tissue. If you look at a lot of people out there that have stretch marks on their hips, their shoulders, even young children that come into my office that are as young as six years old have stretch marks. Why would a kid have stretch marks? Because Bartonella destroys the collagen and the P5P, the B6 capability of the body. Started cleaning that up. I had wisdom teeth that were pulled out. And I hope this is not too much, but literally everybody thinks, because people think you're crazy. You're going to have Lyme disease. They think you're crazy. I had heart palpitations that were so bad that I literally thought my heart's going to beat out of my chest. Something, I mean, I would thought, well, I'm just getting older. And I was only 31 years old. And so I remember driving and uh, Dr. Lindsley, and I I took it further. Doc put me on. He said, hey, why don't you... uh, take just this amount, half a teaspoon of the tincture because herbals are real strong. And you guys, Dr. Alan Lindsley, Nature's Pharmacy, LLC, please follow him. He's awesome. I can't take any credit. Um, he put me on tinctures and I had, I had cavitations that were in my jawbone from my wisdom teeth and the infections. I had fungus and everything in there and had some lime and stuff. And uh, I started talking, I remember driving down the road and I would have such bad headaches and migraines, I literally thought I couldn't even open my eyes while I was driving, which was dangerous and I shouldn't have done it. Did this for about a year and I didn't have migraines every day. After about six months, I was able to stand on my own two feet. I literally wore a neck brace, guys, when I was working on individuals. I'm not exaggerating. My neck was so tired, I couldn't even keep my head up. I wore a neck brace. My doctor, my, my patient was like, what's going on? I was like, oh, my neck's just torn. You know, you know I did something to my neck. Didn't ever tell him. My legs were so weak, I literally was going to quit practice because I was seeing 20-something, almost 30 people a day, and I went down to four people a day. 
because I couldn't hardly stand. And, um, and then when he was putting me on these things, I was literally praying to the Lord and and I'm not pushing my, my, you know, my religion or my, my spiritual practice on anybody else, but I, I'm Christian by faith, but I'm saying, I was like praying. I was like, if this is how life's going to be, I don't know how I'm going to be able to help people. And so I was playing, I was like, I probably have to quit. And, um, when it happened, I remember having those jaw pains come in. It circles back. And I, I remember I got that work done. And another individual I really love is uh, two people, Dr. Matt Buckley out of Austin and Dr. Nancy Miller. And they helped me do with methylation, helped my liver clean out. And they just got with Dr. You know, Lindsley. And so I started doing these things. And I could go with the story, story, Doc. And I, I, I'm talking too much. But uh, when I got to this point, I remember draining so bad. I was like, oh, my goodness. This is like, is this good or bad? So that my head, guys, was not in it. I literally would have suicidal thoughts. And I'm not kidding. I'm not like that guy. I'm usually like, let's get going. Let's get life going. And I, I thought, and, and you know, like in my opinion, like there are spiritual forces out there that attack you. And I felt it. And uh, when I got to a point, I went, I had a, I had a doctor friend that was in Ecuador. I used to go to Ecuador. My friends lived down there and they had some really cool kinesiology docs down there. They were dentists. And uh, I went down there and I was like, hey, can you take a, a CAT scan? You know, people are worried about radiation. But I was like, I just need to know what's going on. I said, I need to get these cavitations cleaned out more if there's something going on. And he said, no, they're gone. It's like, what? Wow. My legs started to come back, started able to stand. Um, my markers went down. And this was after all the normal blood testing told me that everything was fine. Oh, you're fine. Your thyroid's fine. Your heart's fine. Your adrenals are fine. And you see how fast I get talking about it because we, I've been through the rigmarole. And I know many of you, you know, people out there are like, I've been through the rigmarole. They tell me everything's all right. And I'm like, it's not all right. It's not normal. And um, when I got to that point where I started getting more strength and energy, I was seeing 10 people a day and 15 people a day and 20 people a day. And with Lyme disease, um, when I studied it with Dr. Lindsley, and you got to watch his videos, guys. Anybody out there wants Lyme, I learned so much from Dr. Lindsley. But when you get bit by a tick or a mite or a flea or a spider or a mosquito, they are all vectors for parasites and the bacteria because they feed on rodents and things out in nature. If they bite a bird, if they bite a rat, if they bite something, you think that's gross, but it's the truth. They can get to you and then they inject it. And so the, the crazy thing about the co-infections are that they actually can adapt themselves to the pH of your body. So they get into the vector, they assimilate to the tick or whatever. They know as soon as that tick or that mosquito injects its venom into you, they know that they're transferring into another host. And they've shown that their DNA can change to adapt to the pH balance of your body. And what can happen, and Aaron, I'm talking about your, your mom, not talking about, but truthfully, the infections love to go to the areas that are the least resistant because that's where they're going to thrive. So genetically, my family has really bad problems with stomach and gallbladder. My mom is a worrier, complete worrier. My dad and his family had gallbladder issues, frustration, pushing hard. So those organs were weak, and that's where it went the first. And so... The Lyme disease will do this. You have a combination. So this is the basics. You have Borrelia, which is a bacteria. Bartonella, which causes cat scratch fever. You've heard the song, but it's true. It causes rupture of the blood vessels and capillaries. That's why when a cat scratches you or a dog bites you, you get the red mark because it's in their teeth or in their nails. 
You have Ehrlichia, which is Rickettsia causing Rocky Mountain Spotted Fever. You have Rickettsia itself. You have Mycoplasma, which causes walking pneumonia. Epstein-Barr virus, which causes chronic fatigue syndrome. Then you have Babesia, which is a parasite that can get into your brain and cause psychosis. You have the Bartonella and cause stretch marks and collagen problems, loose joints, Ehlers-Danos Syndrome. Anybody heard of that? People say, yes, I have autoimmune patients that come in, young kids that have it, and they think, well, where did I get it? Probably across placenta. They've showed that Lyme disease and its co-infections can cross the placenta. And, you know, in, even in uh, etiology, when you're talking about placenta, most of the placenta in your uh, study of genetics comes from the father. So if the father was sick with it, you could have weak placenta because of his genetics. And I can go on and on, but you could have these anaplasmas, another one. But any individual comes to me now, they're set up I hate it. I don't say failure. I don't like to use that word. They're set up to have a really high wall against them because think about it. I have walking pneumonia, which means I don't absorb oxygen in my lungs very well. I have obesity in my brain, so my neurotransmitters and my dopamine and serotonin are ruined. Bartonella and Borrelia can get in my gut, into my bladder, into my kidneys, causing chronic fatigue and digestive issues. Plus, I can't eliminate from urine. They love the bladder and kidneys. And you see this conglomerate and, and you think, man, all that from a tick bite? And you go, yeah. It really can happen. So I went on a soapbox, guys, but I just want you to know that if you have the symptoms of unexplained headaches, neck pain, rashes, psoriasis, eczema, you have heart palpitations, chronic digestive issues. Yes, they could be parasites and mold and yeast, but if those go down negatively, I would get checked for Lyme and Lyme co-infections. Hope that was not too long of a spiel, Doc, but there we go. Not too long at all. And just on that note now, I mean, how does one even test for Lyme? I know there's blood tests and antibody testing that you can do, but because you've done so much research into this, you've experienced it. And and thank you for sharing your story because I'm sure there are people out there that are going to hear this and be like, thank God, I don't feel crazy. You know, I'm not, I'm not alone in this, but what, what is the best way to find out if you have Lyme? I know you mentioned checking the other boxes, checking for the other things like candida and mycotoxins and whatnot, but what are the best ways to test? I, there is a, a big discrepancy about like different testing. If, and this is no way, um, Dr. Like, to uh, be, uh, say anything against any labs at all. Now, there is a good lab like Igenix, which is great out of California. They're great. Um, and there are a few labs that I think that are really good around the, the nation um, to be the normal that you would get. You know, if you went to LabCorp, if you went to Quest, they may do a general consensus about testing. Now, this is the problem with the testing, though. So if you what they do in a test is that they take the protein coats like guys think about it like a coat. Literally, you have a coat. And let's say I had my label on it said Dr. Motley or Chris Motley. Then if I found my coat, that's Chris Motley. Okay, that's his coat. That's what they do with the test. They take the protein coat and they'll run it through a test and they see if the proteins are like different bacteria or parasites are existing in your blood. Um, Now, they only test for like probably at times six to 10, maybe seven to 10 different types of bacterial infections. But up to date, I just want you guys to know, so you know you're not crazy, when you have Lyme disease or if it's co-infections, you could have upwards up to 70 to 100 different subspecies of the infections because every time they infect a new host, they change DNA and they become subspecies. So they adapt. And so they have different subspecies. So that's why they find new species. 
You go to some, literally, if you look at Borrelia, they'll have names like Brazil, and they'll have the name Brazil in it. Or they'll have the name of the scientist or the country it was discovered in. That's why they have so many different names, because there's certain many types of spirochetes or Borrelia. So I found that there are a couple, and I, what I can do, if you want to put it in your, in your show subtitles, I can send you a couple of labs, and, and I can spell it. But there's a couple labs in Germany, uh, one in Germany, and one that I'm trying to get in contact with that's in um, – that's in a South Africa that you have to almost go to other countries sometimes to get like a really deep testing. I don't know why it's not here in the States, but I like DNA connections. It's spelled with an X DNA connections does a good urinary test. And I know you probably use it. I've used it on my patients and it has found a lot of proteins in the urine. Um, when you say hygienic, some people do use vibrant America. I mean, that does a really good job, but there's a couple in, um, there's a, a DAX lab, and I'll, I'll spell it right, but it's called Armin Labs. Armin Labs, A-R-M-I-N Labs in Germany. I've had patients that are in there that in, in Europe and in the Middle East that I've used these, and they, they check for anaplasma, strep, staph, Lyme, Borrelia, Bartonella, and they go really deeply. Like I was so surprised how much, even herpes simplex virus, which is a huge common infection with Lyme. Um, and I can send you a couple more that I think that are like, uh, I think it's BGT out of Germany as well. But I'm trying to get that contact now. Um, and there's another uh, doc is Dr. Glenn, and I'll, and I'll send this to you as well, that has helped his lab is connected with the lab in South Africa. So I'm not going to act like right now that I know them personally. I do not. Side note, that's the those are the labs that I think that are really good. I hate that we don't have the... Um, the labs we take, again, if we only search for 10 different species and there's 70 to 100, you're going to miss something because they're always adapting. Mm -hmm. So I've had many patients, you have two doc, right? They'll go, well, I went and got my testing done and my Lyme disease is clear. They come in. I do kinesiology and frequency medicine, which means I need blood work to verify what I do. I can find the frequency. But when I check, sometimes I'm like, no, there's three different species. That's for example. But those three species can grow. And I'm not trying to, you know, advocate like fear. I'm not. I'm just saying they can get into certain areas and hide. So DNA connection is good. Hygienics is a good or out of the bat. Vibrant America has a good test. Um, and I think Armin Labs, the reason I couldn't get them, I'm not not me personally, but when I asked them, I, I emailed them and talked to them, they had something has happened, Doc, where they could get into the States with their lab testing. But for some reason, I guess maybe I don't think it was FDA, but they didn't have compliance of some sort and they wouldn't let them do their testing here. And I was like, man, it's great testing. I mean, the people who showed sent me their stuff from Europe, I was like, this is amazing stuff. Like, it took the fear out of it. So I hope I wasn't vague in there. But I think that the problem we have is we don't test for enough species. And even with Babesia, Babesia has 100, 100 some, I mean, like 160 subspecies. And we're missing, we're missing a lot of infections. And that's, you know, with parasites as well. There's so many parasites and larvae and cysts that we don't even look for. Um, and w one more thing, I'll tell you this. This is how crazy it's been. I have a patient, and um, I think people identify with stories, but I just say, I had a patient, love the guy, full of light and energy, just the love of God's in his life. And he's just like, but he got infected when he was around 13 or 14, came to me, he was like 90-something pounds. He had parasite infection, and his joints swelled up so bad that they fused. They didn't know what was going on. Felt for he came with the cane. Still my friend. Love the guy. He's like a brother. 
And he went and got stem cell uh, therapy in India to get the stem cells, which are cells that help grow and, and help stimulate new growth and immune function. And he was doing really well. He got to move him back and forth, but he had had too much. I think he, I, I'm not saying this is what happened, but I think that the stressors, he pushed his cell body harder again because he felt better. And then he had new symptoms come up. He started getting sick again. Well, um, the references I'll give you, and I'll put it, you can put it in the show notes, uh, Dr. Glenn, and he, um, he, he was a Chinese medicine doctor out of, I believe, Albuquerque. He didn't even, I don't even know him, but I know like of his work. But he started uh, using different labs and found out like you could use homeopathic, and you know this, like you put homeopathics in your blood and you can spin it down and such. And, and uh, Dr. Daniel Kalb's here, and he does different things with, like, with Lyme disease, and they were doing a conglomerate. He had Bartonella signals, and I was so amazed. They put a homeopathic jet injection that was mixed back in his plasma back into his body, and all his Bartonella signals went away. And I was like, what? And this is what we love to do podcasts for. I like it when I'm like, I didn't know. Like, what are you talking about? And then you see his labs and you're like, Lord, those are the, that's the information people need to know. Right that's there. incredible. Anyway, I digress, but that's, that's, those are labs. And I can get those lab notes to you guys too. No, And I think a big takeaway from that, right, is when they're doing their standard blood testing for Lyme disease, and they say, you know, it's negative or, you know, everything's fine. It looks good. And you still don't feel good. Then everything's not good. Right. So there's other tests out there. There's deeper digging that we can do. Right. And that's so important in order to get to what's actually going on. And it can feel very overwhelming. But you just mentioned a whole host of different experts in this field who it sounds like are putting information out there to the general public even. Yeah. And, and, and I love these conversations because the individuals out there that go, you know, you know, they feel hopeless, like I'm mm-hmm. really sick. And, and um, you and I deal with individuals that come to us and we sympathize with you. And my heart hurts when you hear about somebody who hurts so bad when they have Lyme disease. They're like, well, I've been psychotic. I'm serious. Not, not saying lightly. I have outlashes. My family doesn't want to be around me. I don't know what to think. I have heart palpitations. I feel sick all the time. And then finally you go, oh, goodness, could it be an infection? It could be the infection plus a myriad of emotional fatigue and things of that sort. We go, but I'll give you a prime example, and I'm going to pick on my own family. My mom, and uh, she's probably going to hit me if she sees me, but I call her Mama Chong, and, and she's had a lot of emotional um, abuse and fatigue when she was a kid in Korea, and she outlashes. She used to quite a bit, and um, on a whim, doc, I, I literally I, I knew she had it because I would test her my way, and she didn't want to go to the doctors at first, and I'm not. That's her. She was like old school. I don't want to go to the doctor. Da da da. Fine. Um, but I finally got her blood test run, and she had such high antibodies to Babesia. Wow. She had such bad, really. And then I did the urine test with DNA connections with an X, and they found four or five other strands of Borrelia plus Borrelia, uh, Bartonella and Babesia. Then I went and I said, "Well, can we check Epstein Barr?" And she had over six hundred, seven hundred, and the number for her antibodies for it. But for all of you out there, I want to make it relevant to you that literally her brain was so fried. Think about it. If they, what they do is they give off neurotoxins and it's like frying your nerves. They give off. And, and so what does your body do? Your body needs more antioxidants. Why do Dr. Aaron and I tell you like take antioxidants? Because when your body tries to get rid of the infection 
or the toxins, it will release oxygen molecules, electrons, to like act at pinballs and try to like tear through the infection. So you have all this oxidation, this rusting in your brain. So yeah, these individuals have Alzheimer's, Parkinson's, they have multiple sclerosis. And what is even the CDC in their literature says that if you have these type of symptoms, Lyme disease now is a possibility that you have because it's a neurodegenerative disease. Mm-hmm. And so we know that it's like, and when my mom, she starts talking to, like she's been pretty, I don't know, but she doesn't blow up anymore. And it's funny because I gave her stuff to help drain the toxins out of her brain and like some of the, the supplements to help start cleaning out. Are we almost full? I still have Epstein-Barr a bit. Mm-hmm. All our Lyme symptoms are almost gone. So wow. Good. So if you don't mind sharing, I mean, I'd love to hear like what are some of the common things that you use for treatment? And I I think, of course, this gets just like any topic that we talk about on this podcast, right? Things get very nuanced. And when we talk about these different types of pathogens and bacteria, um, we're also having to address other areas of the body, right? Whether it's if it is really, you know, attacking the kidneys, or it's got itself in the gut microbiome, there's obviously going to be different parts of that treatment that are very tailored to the individual. Mm -hmm. Um, Super interesting that you say that because my mom also has uh, a lot of kidney issues. So that's been the number one flag that's come up with her symptomatology of, you know, she, they've been trying to figure out for years what's going on with her kidneys. Right. And it's like, okay, exactly what you just said. So in terms of treatment, you know, of course it's going to look different from everybody. And I don't expect you to lay out like, okay, here, these are the exact herbs you take. I mean, I know it's not just, here's a prescription of things you kind of have to adapt and adjust and tailor it to the individual, but you know, how can you treat Lyme? It is a general, uh, not a general question. It's a general question that I get, but you're right. It's so specific to the individual. And I don't know how you are, Doc, about this, but I, I have a hard time with myself included, not, not talking about it. But when I even give advice, even on Instagram or Facebook or something, saying these are the things you can take, I have to remember bio-individuality. Everybody out there knows this. I can't give you a huge protocol that says, I know exactly what you need. In fact... I'll show you something, guys. Just bear with me. Now, my friends, and I'm not plugging them, but I will say my friends at Supreme Nutrition Products, I use them a lot because I like the cleanness of their products, okay? But I use this. But over the years, I've learned how to use like a little protocol book. And I, I, I'll I, say this. Um, whenever I am giving supplementation, I'll go over some. Remember that it really is about bioindividuality. The problem is, you and I know this, if you have a person that has different liver function or different bowel function or kidney function like your mom from their genetic and emotional fatigue, we have to tailor it because if we overwhelm the kidneys or the liver, they're going to feel sick. Mm-hmm. And everybody out there is like that. It's like, yeah, well, I did that in that whole Lyme disease protocol. I got super sick and I didn't want to get out of bed. So my formula, and I'm not plugging myself. I, I, I'm i pretty filled to the max with patience. I'm just You're saying, here for a reason. So it's, it's right. Like <laughs> what I want to do is like, I want to make sure that we have enough herbal combinations to make sure you don't go into Herx, Herxheimer reaction where you feel sick. Okay. I always try to start off. This is my philosophy. If you have Lyme disease, there are great tinctures. Dr. Alan Lindsley, if you guys watch his videos, he has formulas one through five, now six, which goes after different infections of Lyme, like Babesia, Bartonella, Borrelia, and even the parasites. If you look at some of Byron White's, he's out of California. He has a lot of frequency-based tinctures that help with different types of co-infections and infections of Lyme. So I'm not going against tinctures or combinations. I'm going through the rigmarole here, but I will say this. 
Some individuals can't handle a whole load of different herbs at one time because Lyme experts say you need to have a shotgun effect of herbs to help confuse the infection to kill it off. They'll get scared and they'll run and hide. Other individuals say that I'd like to have single ingredient herbs because if you muscle test, do kinesiology, or have a good functional medicine practitioner that knows the herb, you can use a single ingredient to kill off the eggs or the cysts or certain stages of the infection, and then you can go back and try to accommodate the next stage, which makes it a little bit gentler on the body. Those are the two aspects I have to go with. So that's that's my routine. So I'm saying this, when we have different arenas, I don't try to pick one or the other. You know as well, dude, I was like, I just want what's best for my patient. Right. What do I really love? For Lyme, I like to, I always do with Dr. Lindsley's, I always checked out, if you want formula, formula one was for Borrelia. Formula two was for parasites. He did a formula three that had a lot of Babesia focused herbs to help kill that off. And then five was Bartonella. Four had to do with certain of the co-infections. Now I use that as a general, but I love Chinese Coptis. Chinese Coptis is golden thread supreme. So for all of you out there that want to know general antimicrobials that I've seen work well with Lyme, Chinese Coptis. You don't have to get supreme. Coptis Ayurvedic uh, herbs known as neem. Neem is super good for this. And also, I love Japanese knotweed. I got a few more. I like what they call sarsaparilla. Sarsaparilla is a really good herb to help kill off a lot of the the cyst and some of the eggs of uh, Lyme disease. So sarsaparilla or smilax, like smiling with an AX, smilax supreme. So let's review. I'm like a teacher. We have golden thread. We have neem. We have Japanese knotweed, and we can have the sarsaparilla, the Smilax. Now, these are pretty, pretty strong to kill that off, and they're very single ingredient. So if you take one of them and you feel horrible, you may want to reduce the load, or you say, I got to switch to another. That's, that's what I love about it. And when I get the heavy hitters after killing the infections, then I use immune modulators. So guys, try to find a good holistic practitioner, but then I try to find things that build the immune system. And I usually astragalus. Astragalus is a really good immune builder along with reishi or mushrooms. Like I cannot tell you like host defense and some of these other that have the the multiples like with mushrooms, they really do good at building the immune system. And I never neglect to, I hope this is not too much guys. You have the immune building, you have the die off and you want to make sure like with Aaron's mom, you want the kidneys to function. You have to find something to help the liver and the kidneys function. I want you to know, golden thread helps the gallbladder and liver, the, the Chinese coptis. Mm-hmm. Reishi helps the kidneys. You see what I'm saying? They correlate with each other. Co- there's a coalescence. The sarsaparilla helps the kidneys get rid of endotoxins. I like to use additionally glutathione to help the liver. I like glutathione producers such as schisandra berry. Schisandra is really great. And I like Philanthus. Philanthus, P-H-Y-L-L-A-N-T-H-U-S. It's a lot. Philanthus is stone breakers. They go in and clean the gallbladder, the kidney, and the liver out. So I use that plus the common things, but I don't call them common because they're, you know, as well as I do, you need to make sure you know your vitamin D levels are up to par. Your vitamin C levels. You have to have vitamin A and vitamin K up to par. You, you have to have your minerals. I don't know how many times people come to me and their magnesium is so low. And they don't have enough minerals in their body. And they don't even drink enough water because your kidneys are tired. You see how adamant about it. It's like, what happens when you have Lyme disease for so long? Well, first, your blood is toxic. Your liver tries to filter it. 
it goes through phase one, phase two detox. It pushes over to your kidneys. Your mom is like going through there and goes, what's happened to my kidneys? Well, my kidneys are so tired because I have so much infection in them. So you're not going to absorb your fluids and your water. And you're not even going to be thirsty. You're going to be like, what am I going to do? All that to say is these are some of the common ones. So you guys can rewind it and watch it over again. But I'm saying these are some of the biggest ones I've seen make big changes. But I say when you start to shift and get stuff cleaned out, you know, you need to get monitored if you can, but there is hope. I don't want you to lose hope on that. Mm -hmm. That is fantastic for so many people listening. Thank you for sharing that. And also stressing the bio-individuality of it. I mean, I even just today, a question about, you know, histamine foods. Oh, should I take the DAO enzyme to cure my histamine issues? It's like, well, I wish that it was that simple of just, yeah, just take a pill and it gets better. And it's all it is. It's what's the root cause of that? Do we have mold? Do we have hormone imbalance? There's so many things that need to be considered. And, and we, so much. I mean, you, if someone goes to your Instagram page, they'll see the amount of free information that you're giving people. And I try to do the same. Like, we're not trying to hold anything back. We really do want people to get better. And that's the key. Like, if we could just give you, here's the exact formula, you take it, you get better. Of course, we would do that. Why wouldn't we? You know? So we're not holding anything back because I think that when, when, when individuals and I say this not because I'm making light of it, it's like when I smile, it's like it's just that, you know, you sympathize with so much with somebody, but you go, OK, if you have a DAO and I know what your mind's thinking, it's like you say mold and histamine. Our minds are thinking this, guys. Well, are they do they have MTHF R and do they actually methylate really well, which affects their SAME production, which goes back and affects their H&MT, which makes them not break down histamine. And then what is making their MTHFR activated? So mm-hmm. we can't just say, oh, well, take, uh, you know, they, they say, well, just take a lot of 5-MTHF. And I'm like, no, you can't. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and I, we, we, I'm like, you can't do that. It's like, uh, that's why when I do Instagram an- answer question, it's like, you could do this. And I'm not trying to be like, like I'm doing like, well, I've, my friends are doing like different um, uh, membership subscription models and video catalog. I want to create a video catalog only because like you said, I would give you a set thing to do if I knew it healed everything. But you and I have to, we have to make moder- we have to make modifications all the time. And so like I'm making videos to go, well, if you have this and you have this, this other thing could be the option now. And that is hard as mm-hmm. a practitioner because we only have so much time, but we want to like empower people to go, you just got to keep researching and keep finding that. But um, you're right. It's like those questions about histamine or one of my favorites. And, and I, I will say that, um, <laughs> Do you get these? It's like they'll literally say hair loss thoughts. And I'm like, I'm not making fun. I'm just like, well, that's a where, lot. Where do I even start? I mean, we, you, you, you and I can go uh, Chinese medicine route, a bladder kidney. We can go hormonal with testosterone or DHT. We can even go into the physical aspects of kidney infections, creating something. But I think that's what God put us here to do. And, you know, like with your mom having kidney issues, I'm just saying, like, my mind would say, okay, your mom had kidney issues. But the reason, uh, taking it from a different angle, I could, go, I could go all day and say, well, there's MTHFR, there's this, this, and this. But another angle would be like, well, we know in Chinese medicine that could be fear. There mm-hmm. could be the inability to move forward. Mm-hmm. She could have had some trauma when she was young that weakened her kidney chi so bad, like the gene chi that came from her mother and father, which is probably with her. If she's got kidneys probably coming from her mom's line. 
Probably. And there's could be a lot of fear or always worried about like, I'm fearful for somebody else. Like, oh, I want everybody to be okay. Are you okay? Are you going to be all right? Cause yeah, I'm going to make sure you're okay. And, and she, and Aaron smiles because she goes, yeah, that's, that's, what that's she my does. grandmother in a nutshell. Like it, it actually your my mom, grandmother. And, and, you know, it's like, and it weakened your kidneys because your mom has to accommodate to it. And then the kidneys and the adrenals, the fire element of the adrenals right on top of the kidneys, they burn the kidneys out and the kidneys are dehydrated and they're tired. And then this infection gets in there and it just goes rampant. And people go, is that how it is? Like, in my opinion, it is. And I'm not trying to sound like a know-it-all, but you and I are trying to like, we just try to get the whole aspect of a person, structural, chemical, organ, psychiatric, emotional fatigue, which can be daunting, but we have to go one patient at a time. And I, I digress, doc, again, I'll say it again, but thank, this is like, I love talking about this stuff about like MTHFR and histamine and such. So anyway, you know, like the digestive portion of it too. Like, uh, and I, I'm not using your mom as an example to pick on her, but I, I think that when your kidneys are already tired and individuals out there say, yeah, I have fear. I, I guarantee it. They're going to be like, yeah, I'm fearful all the time. I have anxiety. I have depression. I have a mixture of it. I feel psychotic. And when you think about the digestive aspect of Borrelia and Bartonella and Ehrlichia, if you research it, they love to get into the digestive tract and they'll ruin the lining of your stomach and your digestive tract. Does it lead to leaky gut? It could. Do you already have leaky gut? That's another question. Leaky gut where you know where it can be very porous into the intestinal wall and you have infections and microbes pouring into your bloodstream. But one thing they found about spirochetes, have you guys ever heard about like when people go crazy at the moon or the lunar time? Yes. And it's a real thing. Uh, I'm sorry. People think it's crazy. It is not. Uh, lunar shifts in tides of the sea basically change the fluid motion within your body. Why is it that the, the tides roll out and roll in according to the moon phase? It happens in your body too. So whatever happens in the macro happens in the micro. But what I found is like with Borrelia and Babesia and even like mostly Bartonella is that when it goes into the tissue of the lining of the gut, there's a lot of lymphocytic type vessels there to help clean your body. But when they damage it, you have such high inflammation, you'll start to see that even the HCL pumps and the pumps in your stomach and gut will get reduced. And so you don't digest your food well. So you start people have an alpha gal. You get people who said, I can't eat meat. I can't eat. I can't even digest proteins. And so you get this high inflammatory agent that gets in the gut. And then you'll start seeing people with H. pylori or E. coli or salmonella because it's probably been dormant, gets activated because the lime gets in there. Mm-hmm. And so you 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 as well as I know this, that was horrible English. Let's cut that and edit it. Just kidding. Don't do it. You know as well as I do that whenever the, the lining gets that inflamed, then you have another double whammy that goes in with Lyme disease. And then serotonin, dopamine, that's the big general words. But it, we're not just ending there. It's like acetyl-CoA, mm-hmm. histamine response. There's a ton more neurotransmitters than just ser- serotonin and dopamine, which I love to talk about, but they get screwed up. And so your brain Whatever happens in your gut happens in your brain. Like whatever mm-hmm. you eat, you think. And I'm not trying to have a lot of quips for it, but I'm with you. you. You need to clean up the infections and that will help your brain. That's just how I see it. And to give even more insight, I've had patients that have had, um, man, I, get, I love all my, all my, my new website thing I'm going to do, Doc. I'm going to put down like these stories, not because I'm trying to brag. It's not that. It's just to tell people like different stories. I had one individual, I have a few of them, that brought their kids in. And this is no exaggeration. We're carrying them in and they were gray looking. And the pediatrici- pediatricians like say, well, we don't really know what's going to happen. Um, just take him home and give him enough nutrients. He may grow out of it. They did all the testing. They said he, they would say like one has C. diff. 
and that's a very hard bacteria. He did have C. diff, but he had tons of Babesia. Mm-hmm. And what we found out is like he had a family dogs and dogs would lick him all over the face and they would play around with him. He probably got Babesia. He got tick bit all the time. We started cleaning it out. And after about a year and a half, he started like getting vibrant. He's like, yeah, it took a while, you know, and got it cleaned out. We just didn't certain herbs. Like I just golden thread, a few little things here and there. He started killing off. He's like, now he's one of the biggest kids in his class. But you start to see that people get very, uh, their hope starts to go away because they just get so much of this infection in their gut. Like he couldn't even eat a steak, but now literally the kid will eat a whole steak and a half like when he goes. And you, and those those stories in my life like are the ones that really like motivate me, you know, to keep studying and give this though. And I know people out there hear that and they go, yeah, I'm glad that they, they, they fought their own journey. And some people are going through it right now. Um, but I just want you to know that there's many more stories that I could tell you that that can almost get me welled up because I'm not a really emotional guy. I just like to tell things. But uh, I I find that now that there's more research out there and there just has to be more individuals like us out there, like giving individuals uh, information about this. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's a lot of, you know, I think that's a lot of what I do with, with patients. It's, there's this misconception that you show up to a practitioner and, you know, you, you throw out all your symptoms and then they just tell you what to do, right? There's a lot of listening involved in that. And a lot of my clients know that they're giving me all these random pieces of information mm-hmm. and they know that it matters. They don't say like, and this is kind of random or that they know it matters. I say, tell me everything. Tell me all the symptoms. I want to know everything that you're experiencing. And the more information that you have, the better care you're going to receive because we're going to figure out what the root cause is of what's going on. Oh man, I girl, I, t- I think I, I love it when we talked about symptomatology because, you know, they, there's a stigma about Western medicine, right? They go, well, they just want to look at the symptom. I'm like, man, Chinese medicine, I'm sorry, symptomatology is gold, and you know it as well as I do. Like, you have this, you don't have this many bowel movements, you don't drink this much water. How's your sleep? Or, I'm talking too fast. I got to slow down. Um, I ask people like, uh, how many times do you night do you urinate? Do you have swollen ankles? How are the ridges on your nails? Do you have tinnitus? Do you have bags under your eyes? These are all signals and symptoms in Chinese medicine that were reflected in your organs. So Dr. Aaron and I look at it and go, oh, you urinate this much? There's kidney infection. Oh, I had a UTI when I was six years old. Well, I got rid of it. I hate to say it, you probably didn't. And it weakened your kidney till you're this old and you adapted to it and now your body's used to it and now it's normal to you. And that will drain your kidney chi. And that in turn will drain your heart because the kidney chi can't get to your heart. And then you have heart palpitations on your symptomatology, heart swelling, extremities are swollen. And you're not, I'm not, it's not being smart. It's literally looking at a cycle clock and called the Ori cycle. And you go, well, this organ has to feed this organ with energy. What's the function of the organ and what are the symptoms? And that's what symptomatology means to me. Like I, whenever I people come with Lyme, they'll go, doc, let's fix this, this. And it's like, I check their pulse points in Chinese medicine. I check their symptoms, like start with the heart. I check the one that's the most prominent, and then you make the best leeways, in my opinion, doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, man, I get excited about it. You're a good conversationalist. I think we ought to do more of these. Actually, these are really fun. I would love that. that I think would people be... would be like, I really would stop listening to him if you just <laughs> no. let her talk, honestly. No. no, no, you're the expert guest here. That's the reason why. And this is just, it's phenomenal. I mean, you're giving people hope. I think if someone is the stories that you've told, 
um, they, they inspire me. They inspire me to help my mom, you know, just finding her the best possible care within the realm of, you know, people that are testing Lyme and treating Lyme. Um, I'm an expert from a gut health perspective. And of course I have continued my education to other systems of the body and treatments and alternative remedies Mm -hmm. to the best of my ability. But absolutely. I am not the one-stop shop for everybody. You know, that that's one of the things that I took from your website and I have it quoted here. Um, you said a practitioner that believes that they have all the answers to one person's health could miss different approaches to help a patient heal quicker and faster. Mm-hmm. And I have had people message me be like, you are literally the only person I listen to. Like, and, and I, I understand, I, I do, I appreciate that comment, but I also I don't want that to be like, I don't want people to see me in that sense of like, you are the only person that can help me. And that's it. There are so many wonderful people. And this is why I started bringing guests on my podcast, right. Is to show people that there's Chinese medicine, there's Ayurveda, there's, you know, there's so much more out there and we can't just focus on, you know, one thing, whether it's conventional or Western medicine or Chinese medicine, this harmony of everything intertwined. And this is what you preach. This is exactly what is, is the heart of your practice and what you do. And that's, that's beautiful. That's what we all need. We do. And, and I know it's, I appreciate the time to come on here and and I appreciate what you're doing because like, when you say like, like you say, just knowing that there could be a conglomerate of people that you care, like you, you trust and give people that information. That's what I want to do even more with my website too. It's just, not about getting bigger. I just want to have people that can ask me questions. I go, this person can help. And I know we got to run here, but I'll say this one quick thing. When, when Dr. Nair and I are talking, I'm not speaking for her, but when you say like knowing, like people come to me sometimes and they literally tell me like, you're the only doc I go to. I'm like, no, you can't do that. We got to have a lot more people involved. And, um, I had one individual where, uh, I'll use, she'll know who I'm talking about, but I'm not picking on her. I've been working on it for years. I'm saying with Lyme and parasites. Okay, guys, so quick synopsis. I did that and cleaned it up, doing great. Found heavy strep. Blood work showed it, cleaned it up. Doing great, started to get sick again. And as a practitioner, you're like, man, I'm just missing something because you want to be the only person. And then I found some old herpes virus. Now that made a huge change. And I was like, I missed herpes virus. I didn't miss it. It was just deep in layer. But she started, and was so thankful, she found a homeopathic doctor, because I love homeopathy. I do some homeopathy. And she found one that was starting to drain even more. And I literally was like, I love to do, like, I do cavity around the, the jaw checks with kinesiology. And I found these spots. And I was like, these spots don't clear. And I'm not getting it. You know what the hardest thing about being a practitioner is? Like, when you're young, you think, I can do all this, and I'm going to try to be the answer to everybody. Be a doctor without any excuses? Like, no, 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 no. You need other people. And she found another doc, which we was like, hey, what do you think about this doc? I was like, I would check him out. And sure enough, you know what he found? One of her sinuses was almost completely filled with a different type of cat skin with total mold. And there was an area in her jawline that was completely filled with mold. They literally did cavitation. They, they had to drill into the bone, really clean it out, and they found parasite eggs. And I could have kept on trying to fix it and trying to do the, be the person to... But if you let your pride get in the way as a practitioner, you're not going to be a good practitioner. I'm just going to say it. So anyway, um, thank you for having me. I really appreciate Doc, and, and thank you so much for you know allowing me to be here. 
My pleasure. And I, and I thank you from the listeners preemptively because, um, you know, this is a very important topic and it's an area that people are probably feeling, uh, very emotional about. Yeah. The best, yeah, the, the best question of the episode, the, the, the ending that we have to end on is what is your favorite childhood memory with food? Um, my favorite childhood memory with food, even though it's not the best food combinations, uh, my mom's Korean. Um, I love, uh, okay, white rice. I get like, I, I make really good rice, but I don't hardly eat any more of it. But that uh, with bulgogi, which is a Korean marinated meat, uh, it's like a barbecue and not sugary. I like it less sugary. That with kimchi. Um, mm. and, uh, I know people thought I was weird when I was a kid, my brother and sister too, but, and minnows, dried anchovy, I'm sorry, dried anchovies with this really cool, uh, sesame seed oil. Mm. Um, that's a lot. You have that and then you take the kimchi and you can boil it with different types of tofu and stuff. And it's a, it's a nice, it's called kimchi jjigae. And so I'd have the bowl of soup with the rice and the, and the uh, pagogi. And I'm telling you what. Well, but I and the minnows are I would I would go to town on because you eat the whole minnow when it's dry and people are like what? I was like you don't knock it till you try it. That is my best childhood. You know, it's still my best meal today. So. Well, if you ever open a cafe, I will I will attend and I would definitely try that. So. <laughs> I've actually thought on the on my website I was thinking about starting to put like a little food corner where I cook it and show people and I was like maybe they like it maybe they don't we'll see. I would totally absolutely and I will share I will share that with people because you just never know. I gotta. Uh, direct message from Instagram yesterday. This woman messaged me. She, she says, my two-year-old's eating, you know, three cans of sardines a week. I'm like, oh my gosh. So, you know, people are, people are a little bit more adventurous than you might think. They are. Kids are too. You're yeah. Right. Ruthless. Right. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, Dr. Motley, thank you again. And I will be sure to put your contact information in the show notes so that people can access you and um, all of the information that you've been putting out there. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Thanks guys for having me. And yeah, just keep in touch and love being here. Awesome. Thank you. If you're interested in working one-on-one with me or Molly, who is the newest dietitian who I've hired as part of Nutrition Rewired, you can go to nutritionrewired.com or you can also apply for my group coaching program starting in April. Thanks again for tuning in and as always, don't forget to share the health.